All right, welcome to Texans Unfiltered. I am actually extremely excited about this week's episode. We got James here, haven't seen James in a couple of weeks. And then we also got John Crumpler. He's gonna be a great, great guest. He's beyond smart. Um, he's been somebody that I've been excited to get to get on here and he's actually in med school. He's gonna be a doctor and he writes about the Texans. Yes. Well, I mean, I said you were smart, but you're a Texans fan. So that, I mean, that may I mean, leave a little bit there. You can be smart and hate yourself. So I think it's, uh, it qualifies. Yeah, but I also think I also think uh, like John. Uh, John is also somewhat like a, uh, at least on Twitter, uh, somewhat of a realist in the sense of I, I don't feel like he just bashes the Texans. Um, I feel like he just gives realistic point of views. Like I don't feel like he. It's like one of those guys that just typically just says something stupid and like has like those, you know, typical tirades of you know Easter be this and all that other stuff. Like usually it's it's pretty thought out stuff that John puts out. So. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just picking. I know he's smart. Come on, y'all. <laughs> How are we doing? How's everybody feeling right now? Rookie camp started. We excited about that? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. And then uh, David Coley met with season ticket members about two hours ago. Uh, some pretty interesting information. Um, so, yeah. Do you have a write-up on that? Uh, I don't. I just have, like, a group chat. Okay. Do you want to fill us in? Because I haven't been able to find anything about it other than they're fairly sure that the that Deshaun is definitely gone. Um, oof. All right, let me see. Let me see. Finally, did he break the silence on Watson tonight? No, no. He just basically said uh, it's an op- everything's an open competition um, at every position, um, and um, that the that, that he actually praised like a uh, Nico and Davis uh, specifically and Brevin. Um, and talked about their upside and their potential instead of just like the candid, typical, you know, press coach speak, uh, talk specifically about the guys. Um, and yeah, really just a lot about the competition, basically. And I, I know it seems that that word, um, it, it seems to be a trigger word lately, which is, it's very interesting to me that that's become a, a word that triggers people because um, like big, uh, like Larry, uh, big fat drunk wrote a piece about the word competition, uh, put it out today. I'm having lunch with Larry on Thursday and, um, it was a good piece, but the, like a lot of people are like, well, yeah, the, you know, competition is great, but we'd rather have talent with upside. But here's the thing, like, where is he going to get that from? You didn't have a first, you didn't have a second. You, are you really going to go blow your load on top tier free agents that in two to three years when you're competing are going to need new contracts? Like, where are you really going to find these high upside potential guys uh, in a year where you don't know who your quarterback is? It's definitely not a top five quarterback like you would think. Uh, and everything else that has happened with draft picks and, and, and things of that nature. So I don't know. I don't know why competition is getting such a bad rap right now when coming from the previous regime, all we wanted was competition. Uh, that's I, all I wanted. That's I screamed it for, for years. That's all I wanted. I wanted competition at every spot. That's what yields the best product. That's what yields the best roster is the guy that is better at position A starts at position a and so on and so forth so um i really don't know why competition is getting such a bad rap and i I think a lot of it just has to do with the fact that there's really nothing else to complain about right now well Uh, yeah it's generic you know what i mean let's complain yes exactly uh it's like you you, okay so we've all complained about deshaun for three months we they all complained about easter b for four months we just got done complaining about Bill O'Brien for, you know, two years. So it's like, okay, well, where else can we go with the complaining? It's OTAs. There's not a lot of news. All right. Now, you know what? I don't like this word that's being used in the press conferences a lot, competition. And it's like, eh, I love the sound of it. Competition would have saved our season last year and the year before. It's that thing that you need to latch on right now. Um, it's The guys aren't going to be good. Like, they're not going to be pro bowlers. Like, they're not going to be franchise-defining players. But this competition is to bring guys in that build a new foundation. Like, Texans didn't have a foundation. We talked about it for years prior to this, that even when we had stars, they were top-heavy. Like, there wasn't the underneath roles. There wasn't the guys that came in and did the dirty work. 
and the Texans have desperately needed it. So I'm I'm actually with you, James. I, I have no issue with all this speak about competition. It's just something to latch on to because I do say it every single chance they get. Like that is kind of annoying. Like you talk Cully, the first thing out of his mouth, competition. Talk to Casario, first thing out of his mouth, competition, competition. It's like, okay, we get it, competition. Little over that, but I do agree that it is the right way to go. John, do you have thoughts on that? I mean, I think, James, I do agree with you as like Texans fans for the longest time, like one of the biggest problems with Bill O'Brien was he had his guys and seemingly like if you were one of those guys, you were going to play a lot of the snaps and it didn't matter how you performed. Uh, Whitney Merciless comes to mind. Kiki Cootie being stuck in the doghouse for the entire year. I think of that. So like, I want to be excited about competition, but I think some of the, the all about it is just that the idea behind competition is that the cream should rise to the top. And you can find some some studs. And I think a lot of the the competition that we brought in are relatively known commodities. And I think that's what's sort of upsetting. And you say, like, what are the what's the likelihood of finding a star from these UDFAs? And it would be it is pretty low. It's a shot in the dark. But I think the idea that during a lost season we could afford to take some of those stabs, we could have gotten guys who had four, fifth, sixth round grades from other teams who just didn't get drafted for whatever reasons and maybe come out with one or two, okay, like this is a piece that we can have going forward. While a lot of our additions this offseason feel like they're kind of being brought in as a bridge holder, which doesn't make a lot of sense when we're underdogs in all 17 games this season. Well, so for me, the way I look at it is when it comes to like, let's, let's take Desmond King, for example. The, the team needs cornerbacks, right? We got them on a one-year, $3 million deal, okay? We have Roby, and then after that, there's we, nobody knows who's truly going to be that number two corner, right? John Reed's coming into his second year at slot. So, like, you have Desmond King, who at $3 million, if you hit and he performs, you sign him to a long-term contract in 2022, gives you another cornerstone to build off of. The linebacker that that Jordan is in love with, um, what's his name? Um, oh, or one that's on? No, the no, we, we signed him. I think he, John. You know who I'm talking about? Um, he's he's three, Kevin yes, Pierre Lewis. That's Kevin it. Pierre yeah, Lewis. yeah, Kevin Pierre um, Lewis, he's, right? He's he's a speedster. He was a guy that, from the eyeball test, even though Pro Football did not agree with it, was referred to as one of the better corner linebackers in the league but when you actually put up the stats i mean didn't look great but jordan loves them so i mean jordan loves them yeah i just so like when you look at that there's a couple other uh moves that i liked oh um the running back from denver um philip Lindsay. yeah philip Lindsay, another high upside guy right if you hit on him you're not going to spend a lot of money on him right even if he has like a 1200 yard season you're not going to give him six million a year but you could get him at three or four decent price. And so there's just pieces that were signed that it's like all these one year, two year deals. Sure. Maybe only four or five of them work out to become foundational pieces, not superstars, but foundational pieces, which is what was missing from the Bill O'Brien era. We had top, top talent, but then nothing underneath it. Right. So then when you look and see if you can land four to five players that you can build on, and then you trade Deshaun Watson and you're getting three first round picks and two defensive starters. Okay, now you're looking at the rebuild window that would typically be anywhere from five to eight years. If you just hit on the quarterback, then everything starts to look a little bit brighter. It's like, okay, we we have these five foundational pieces. We have our first round pick plus the three that we got. We can add talent to the necessary positions that we're looking to. We get to grab a quarterback. It's like, okay, this is actually how it should be done. And so I guess that's the problem I have is, you know, everybody expected Casario. Like, I, I just don't know what the expectation was for Nick Casario. Uh, you know, his hands were kind of tied behind his back entering the offseason, right? And I'm sure he thought, I'm probably going to be able to trade Deshaun before the draft or at the draft. And then, boom, well, 22 sexual allegations are filed against him. And it's like, okay, well, let's take that massive card away. And now you need to feel the roster. And the only way to do that is by being being competitive like the well, whole he, roster should be competition i can i can understand the complaint because you're looking at guys that were tier three and tier four linebacker um free agents and we signed all of them yep 
Now, with that, most of these guys are in their late 20s. Like, the Texans now have the oldest roster in the NFL. Um, average age is, like, tw- almost 27 years old. Mm-hmm. So, I see where the frustration kind of comes, because with that, a lot of these guys that we're taking chances on, you already know what they are. Like, you're just looking for guys that are literally going to be rotational players, foundational players. They're not going to move the needle. Whereas instead of signing all these linebackers, maybe he takes a couple of chances on guys that are younger, more athletic guys that may have just been poorly coached guys that may have been in bad situations, like those higher upside guys. And for whatever reason, I mean, there's a couple, but there's not as many as I think a lot of people would like, like you would think you would, he'd be have thrown out more roulette chips, especially when we go in and we draft uh, Davis Mills, who is the ultimate roulette or whatever roulette square i don't know i don't gamble that much um for the quarterback like that was almost like the mindset that people wish that they had in free agency and i can kind of see that because you're not pulling guys in to develop them you're pulling guys in to fight for jobs which i mean i'm not i'm coming down like i actually like the competitive a little bit because it in my mind i still don't think casario was trading deshaun until the allegations happened. And I think a lot of his team building went into the mind of how quickly can he get this team back to competitive with that piece at quarterback? Because what's our record last year if we have a mediocre defense, not the on all time worst defense, just a mediocre defense? Eight and eight, nine and seven? Yeah. And I think that's what he was kind of shooting for. He comes in, turns the defense into mediocre. You have Deshaun, you're in the playoffs, and anything happens in the playoffs, and you can build off that where I think that a lot of the free agency settings and moves that were made, if Deshaun was for sure given up on, I think they would have gone in a different direction. That's just my opinion. I agree with that because last season, I mean, Deshaun Watson should be the invisible floor for the Texans. Like there's no reason this team should be below 500 as long as he was under center. It took what I would say historically bad coaching, uh, a poor roster and just, I mean, one of the worst seasons I've seen from, from the Texans ever. Um, And I think that's part of the frustration with the competition is so I I would agree with you, John, and that this team was kind of built this off season. Okay. If, if we have Watson, how quickly can we be competitive, competitive again? Because he's so talented. It shouldn't take that much around him to field at least a playoff team. And you can go from there. That's momentum. That's important. And now Watson's all but out the door. I think we would we would all acknowledge that here. Uh, we're not going to see number four, at least not Deshaun Watson in a Texans jersey again. And I think part of the fan base is just frustrated and wants the team to admit, like, okay, we are suddenly a very bad football team. And, I mean, of course they're not going to come out and say that. And they want moves that kind of indicate we realize that we're not competitive for this year but we're pushing for the future, which is what I think that's why people I think are frustrated with the Mills pick, because if this team isn't going to be competitive, then why are we taking a developmental quarterback? This is a bad space for someone like that to grow. I think that's also what makes moves like Kirksey and some of the less sexy. I, I, uh, James, back to your point, I do think Phil Lindsay has a chance to be a fantastic find for this team. Uh, the slot corner that we grabbed, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, he can make an impact and be re-signed. I almost think it's, we're like riding a line in between these two possible 2021 uh, possible like futures that the Texans could have had one with Deshaun where we could have probably gone back to the playoffs next year with, if Coley is who we hope he is and the roster just gets some bumps here and there. And Desmond King. Thank you. Thank you, Greg um, is the corner. And then this other future without Deshaun where we're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. And the team doesn't really seem to be willing to admit that, they have assembled a poor roster and as of as of now, and we'll see what the Watson return looks like. And, you know, if we get two and three ones or some crazy package from Miami, like, yeah, that'll that'll change our season outlook and the team outlook. But right now, I think we're in such a space of uncertainty where the only thing that we really know is that we're not going to be great, that people are frustrated and kind of want to complain because this team hasn't done a lot to give us good faith uh, right now. Yeah, I just think that when it comes to like this team, I think you have to understand that it's it's a reset mode. So, like the fans should be upset and totally understandable, right? Like there's like, but what can be done now? 
right? Like what can be done? Let's focus on how we're going to resolve this situation instead of just bitching and complaining about it. Yes, there's no stars on this team. Cool. But if they come out and compete and they go, they shock us all and go seven to nine or eight and eight and we have a competitive fun team. Okay, cool. Like nobody knows what can happen. Like, and maybe we hit on Davis Mills. Maybe the likelihood is we don't hit on Davis Mills, but if we do, then what? Then that package that you get for Deshaun looks a lot different. Uh, I, I think Paul's right. Like Mills was, I don't know if he was a test for Pep, but I think it was more of, Hey, let's see what Pep can get out of him. Let's see if we can get an average starter out of Davis Mills. If we can get an average starter, let's see what we can do on the rest of the roster. Can Davis Mills be above average after year two? Um, I like Davis Mills. I, I really do. I, I like his film. Um, I, I like a lot about Davis Mills. And I'm not saying he's going to be this guy that saves, the, saves the, t- the Texans. But I do think he has potential. And I love the fact that he was the quarterback they, they wanted. So it wasn't Trask. It wasn't um, Mund. It, it was Davis Mills. So, yeah, I get it. But you got to take that chance. You got to try. And if you can hit on a third-round quarterback, which even though all signs point to the fact that he is not the guy, he's not going to be the future. But take one. Just just take one. And let's see. Because if you do end up hitting in those later rounds, like Seattle, like Dallas, like Minnesota, basically, even though they signed Kirk Cousins, technically Washington, right? Like there are guys that make it from the third round and end up being successful quarterbacks. And so maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. But I'd rather see. I'd rather start Davis Mills. And that was going to be my next question. Would you guys rather start Tyrod Taylor or Davis Mills? We already know this season, right? We already know this It it depends on how their camp goes, to tell you the truth. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, sometimes you can rush a rookie quarterback too quickly in. And the biggest – dig on Davis Mills is he has all the physical talents in the world. Like he's got a, an, a plus arm, um, not upper tier arm, but better than average arm for the NFL. He's a better than average athlete. This was the top pro style recruit at quarterback the year that he came out of high school. Like he's got a pretty high ceiling. The problem is he's played what? 11 games in college. So he doesn't have a lot of game experience. And he really needed that senior year to further develop himself. But at the same time, we've talked quite a bit. And I'm a big believer, usually, the quarterbacks can only develop what they play. So that's where I'm kind of torn. Like, this guy would literally be thrown into the deep end, sink or swim, to see if he has it or not. But he doesn't have a lot of game experience, not even at college. So it, it, it's terrifying. Like, he, may, he has the physical attributes. He could be something. He could be, at worst, a backup quarterback. But if you go out there and you – I talked about it a little bit last week. One of the biggest things that a quarterback has to have is that aggressiveness. Like they have to be able to take risks. They have to make throws. That's how they actually become a quality starter in the NFL, like throws that don't look open. They have to trust that their receivers are going to get open or come down with the ball. And you see a lot of these guys that struggle in the NFL with a lot of talent, either they're way inaccurate, which Mills is not. Mills is incredibly accurate. Or they're too hesitant to throw the ball, which if he gets thrown into the NFL and he can't adjust to that game speed, like that could break him. Yeah. So I guess the reason why I, I say, you know, asking who would you guys rather see? Because Paul's point, and that's that was my point, is what's the point of starting Tyrod, right? I'd rather roll Davis Mills out for 17 games. That's going to be an adjustment, right? 17 games, 17 games, um, and just see, right? At the end of the day, we know what Tyrod Taylor is. We know that he's not going to be anything that you can build around. We know that he's not going to steer the ship for the next two to three years while you find a quarterback. Like we're, we're likely in the same position we were in when Bill O'Brien came where it's going to be a Brian Hoyer type, a bro, you know, uh, you know, case Keenum. We're going to go through until we start to hit on, uh, hopefully we either hit on a free agent quarterback or we draft a guy that can do it. So it's like, if that's the case, why not start Davis Mills now? Just so you can get it out of the way and know, hey, is he Gardner Minshew or is he, you know, like, where is he? And then it gives you a full, you're, you're obviously going to be able to see what the defense does. So that's not going to stop anything. Uh, 
Brandon Cooks likely is last year anyways. So you're not going to be – you could develop Nico and Isaiah Coulter outside of that, Brevin Jordan. But the rest of the offense, weapon-wise, is going to be gone in 2022. So you're really not hurting the development. So why not just see what he is? And then if he's not it, he's not it. But I like Dunes. I like Dunes uh, comparison. Kyle Allen, he was the number one quarterback out of high school. And if you remember correctly, when we talked to Jordan Palmer in the year of the draft, who he worked specifically with, he said Kyle Allen was the more talented quarterback out of the Sam Darnolds, the Josh Allens, and there was somebody else. I don't know, but those are the three that he worked with. And he said Kyle Allen was the from a natural throwing perspective, from a quarterback perspective, Kyle Allen is the best quarterback in this draft. But because of all the things that happened at U of H and everywhere else that he went, he never really got a chance to show. And then, you know, because of that, he went to, you know, all these other teams and didn't really have a chance to become a starter either. I mean, he, Carolina, I guess technically he could have, but that was before Joe Brady. That was during the Ron Riviera issues, Cam Newton, like – it's not like Kyle Allen got a real shot. So I'd rather just give Davis Mills a shot and let's see. Do you, do you guys think, I think we would all agree that in the midst of a lost season, we would like to see Davis Mills, but I have, I have two concerns. One, do you think that this is a environment where he can actually be successful right now? That would, that'd be my biggest concern with just the state of the Texans right now and what our schedule looks like and what our current roster looks like. My second thing is going back to Coley keeps talking about competition. When they ask him about these rookies, he says, we're going to play the guy who gives us the best chance to win uh, on the field. And I wonder if Mills right now in just one summer can get to a point where, because Tyrod Taylor is very, I mean, he's, he's not really sexy to have under center. He's not going to win us games, but he won't lose us games. And I think we're going to really see how risk averse, uh, both Casario and really David Coley are in who they want to start because you're right. There's no reason to put Tyrod out there. We know who he is. We He will not be the future of the Texans while Mills has a chance to be. But there are a lot of things working against Davis Mills right now that would scare me if we put him out there. But also – good. No, good. I was going to say, but if we don't, by the time that we do roll them out, we might be in a position to draft a quarterback. And I would like to know exactly what we have in Davis Mills. Even if it's not a fair shot, I think we have to give him a shot, sink or swim, because we need to know by next year's draft if a quarterback needs to be the pick. I don't want yeah, to watch I mean, a bunch Greenland- of checkdowns with Tyrod Taylor. Like, that's really all I'm – like, honestly, that's literally all this has to do with. I don't want to watch three to five yard passes for 17 weeks. And that's, no, that's all Tyrod Taylor does. There will be <laughs> no deep shots. Fair. There will be nothing. It'll be a very bland and boring offense. With Davis Mills, he's shown when he has a clean pocket, he is a very good quarterback. He has great touch. He has very, you know, he has beautiful throws. And you might be able to make an argument on paper at least as of right now, that this might be the best offensive line had Deshaun played that he would have played behind, right? There's competition in the spots that needed the competition. I know everybody hates that word, but right now specifically when it comes to the offensive line, that's like the main position group I'm looking at and saying, if we would have had this competition and it would have been a competition two years prior, maybe Deshaun's not taking 76 sacks in a season, his rookie year. Maybe he's not tearing you know, his ACL. But now, you know, we have that. So it's like if Davis Mills can have that opportunity, I think we at least have the best shot of at least evaluating the talent and having an understanding of where he's at. And then if you could highlight Chris's comment that we that way we don't crush his confidence. Um, Another one below it. Um, I think it's a good point. But I also like if you watch any interview with Davis Mills, if you hear anybody talk about Davis Mills, if you watch him talk, he doesn't come off as a guy that's going to be – getting his confidence destroyed from taking hits and going out game one and kind of thrown in the fire. Um, he's a pretty smart guy and he's, everybody says he's got it between the ears. So, um, and I also just don't think that I, I, I don't really buy into the narrative that you can crush a quarterback's confidence. I know that's something that's in Houston because of David Carr. Um, but I, I'm not one into that. I think if you're a quarterback, you're a quarterback, you'll overcome those obstacles. No, that's a fair point. It's just one of those that, 
I think that you can see, and so it just depends on the quarterbacks. Like I was going to say, Pat Mahomes sat for a year and look at how much better of a grasp he had of that offense than a rookie quarterback. But at the same time, that's kind of saying that Davis Mills is our future, which I actually don't believe. I believe that he's being developed to be traded. Like I very much, I think that it's the, the least likely outcome that he's our starting quarterback for the next five years. And honestly, if you throw him out there too soon and he has to play a whole 17 games, all that's going to do is hurt his value in the long run. Like he's, he's our backup quarterback. Like he wasn't the most likely thing that is going to happen is he is backing up whomever we draft in the top five next year. Or if Deshaun comes back, he's his backup and he's traded in a couple of years. Like those are things that are still on, on the table. And Davis Mills does have the upside that he could possibly turn into a starter, but I don't think that that was why he was actually drafted. And you could, uh, you could hurt his value if you show too much tape on it and people are like, well, he'll never get it. But if that's the case, I mean, though, I don't, I don't, dis- I don't disagree. If he was drafted to be a starter, then he needs to play. Like, well, here's the thing though. Out. If Casario is drafting a guy for trade value as a development of quarterback, then Nick Casario doesn't need to be a general manager. If we're drafting a third-round quarterback to be developed as a backup and a potential trade piece, Nick Casario is under is not qualified to be a general manager. You don't waste a premium pick, especially when you have no other picks, on possibly trading Davis Mills for a fourth-round pick later on in two or three years. That is well. That atrocious. was the model that, that that was the model the Patriots had. That's but they that's, drafted, but a, that's they drafted the a second Patriots. or third-round quarterback have Tom every Brady. two to three years. Flip them, but we don't have a quarterback to build behind. We still need to find a quarterback. So, like, you know, you can't groom a guy and develop a guy, and then but never see him play because Deshaun's playing. That's not the situation. We don't have a quarterback, so there's no there's no backup. There's no trade. You can't go into a draft thinking that. And also, I don't like to compare what Casario did in New England to what he did is going to do here. I think he's taking from New England, and I think he's building his own path i don't think it's going to be we're going to copy exactly what they did in new england we all know who pulled the strings in new england was it casario it was bill belichick and i don't think nick's coming over here and uh, he might take certain things but i don't think we're going to see i know everybody like likes the patriot south i just don't think that that's going to be the case Mm -hmm. when it comes to the way that this roster is constructed also other thing you said the pat mahomes comparison probably like the easiest offense to run and then also weapons and offensive line and everything else that you would want for a young rookie quarterback to have. Pretty hard to not succeed in the Andy Reid offense along with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, top five offensive line, two starting running backs. Like, Didn't that Chiefs team win 12 games? The year prior, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they they actually took a step back in offensive statistics the year Mahomes came in than they did the year with Alex Smith as a starting quarterback. And Alex Smith had a career year. Like, that team was absolutely loaded. I was just absolutely loaded. This debate, though, is like why I hate the Davis Mills pick. Because if he wasn't drafted to be a starting quarterback and he's a developmental quarterback, then we've wasted the, the selection essentially because this team is probably going to be in a position to draft the top quarterback in 2021. And there's, there's no point to, to have, I don't understand having a developmental quarterback because we don't have anyone to put him behind right now. And then the second thing is if he was drafted to be the starter, then he needs to play. And I think the consensus is that he's probably not ready to play or at least not in a position where it's going to go very well for him. And that's, that's why this this pick just kind of blew. there's so many other things we could have done on day two, other holes we could have addressed, um, talent across the board, and we went with quarterback, which seemingly you would think that's also going to be one of the positions in a Watson trade that will be fixed, like based on like the teams that we think would trade for Deshaun Watson. Like I imagine we're going to get a quarterback back, and if we do, what what do we do with Davis Mills if we get like a, if Jalen Hurts comes back or if Tua comes back, like what, what happens to Davis? Neither one of those guys are the answer, though. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to see Tua for a full year? No, I mean, we'll have to, but I, I don't think Tua is the guy. I don't think Jalen Hurts is the guy. Uh, I think they're probably, you know, maybe Tua is probably better than Davis Mills for sure, right? Had a much better college career, but 
as at the NFL level. I don't I don't trust a left arm quarterback. And um, on top of that, like Jalen Hurts, he was yeah last year, you know. And well, uh, I'd also don't want another don't Quincy Avery uh, guy, even though Quincy loves Davis Mills. Yeah. Well, I don't know who threw it out there, but when you don't have a franchise quarterback, there's never too many things as a quarterback on your roster. That's one of those things that I've kind of tried to wrap my head around because I, I am a gr- I am in agreement with you. Uh, we kind of talked about how, in my opinion, Casario went with the best guy that was on his board. Every pick that he had. And Davis Mills was the best guy on his board. And that's another guy that you can put in at quarterback and you can have a competition with. Bring over Tua or Hertz or whomever comes in the trade, you put in a competition with. You know that word, competition. People are going to get triggered. We may, I think we probably lost a couple of viewers because I said competition. But that's what it sounds like the Texans are thinking. Like Until they have that guy, they're going to put him through a competition and then sort out the rest. And James, you say they may not do the same thing that they did in New England, but I do think that that is one thing that he did pick up on is if you have a quarterback that looks like he can play in the NFL – regardless if it's a backup or something that is worth future draft capital. And this year's, I mean, obviously it's kind of just a shit show. Like they're built the roster over uncertainty. Like they don't know what they're going to have. Um, Casario himself said that anything after the second row, second round, like those picks just don't hit. He said that it, it's a roll of the dice. Like these are not guaranteed picks like any of those players. So there must have been no one on his board that he was comfortable with being a day one starter for him to do this. So that that's kind of my thought. Um, because y'all are here, and I really wanted – I actually do want to kind of talk about the rest of the draft class. Nico Collins, if there is a player that looks like he could be a, a contributor, that's my opinion. But what do y'all think? Nico Collins. Uh, he was probably my favorite pick from our draft this year. I mean, if you look at our current wide receiver room, he nobody nobody else looks like him. I mean, I think Isaiah Coulter might be our only other big guy, but Coulter, I mean, he was taken in the sixth round for a reason. He's a project. Uh, I think Nico could come in and make a big impact this year. At the very least, if, even if he can't, I think we're going to know quickly because his just his player profile lines up that he should be on the field a lot, like pretty much – two wide receiver sets and onwards. Uh, he's, he should be the guy after Cooks. Um, I'm pretty excited about him. Gives us some size that I think we really needed on third down situations and in the red zone last year. So so Nico is why I, I want to start Mills over Tyrod um, because you have to take advantage of Nico's size and his 50-50 ball, right? That's what he's known for. He goes up, he grabs it. He's a physical wide receiver that can, can makes contested catches. With Tyra Taylor at the helm, you're not going to get a lot of those balls. Um, and so that's really the biggest thing for me is to really develop Nico uh, because without Davis, and it may even be with Davis, we may not develop Nico in the way that I'd like, but Tyrod's not going to give Nico the, t- the opportunity to really progress and develop in a way that I would like to see Nico do so, because I agree with you 100%, John. I think Nico is number two moving forward. Uh, he's opposite Brandon Cooks in every single formation, um, and he has the talent to do it. You know, I, um, I recently started uh, mentoring a guy at work, and he played tight end at Michigan with and is friends with Nico Collins. Um, and that's where I got the Nico Collins interview from. And um, he, he said that if Nico would have had it, like I guess the quarterback situation at Michigan is something that people don't talk about at all. It, it's like pure trash. And he basically was like DeAndre in the sense of like, no matter who was there though, Nico produced. And had he played in 2020, um, he thinks that he would have been at least a early, early second, maybe top first round or, you know, uh, bottom half of the first round uh, wide receiver talent. So I like Nico Collins. I think he is a, uh, I, he has the potential to be a real stud. That could be the real steal of the draft. Uh, obviously, if you hit on Mills, like that's the steal of the draft, right? Because you hit on a quarterback, but the likelihood is pretty slim. Um, but Nico, Nico has all the potential you're looking for, and it, it gives us the opportunity to see a wide receiver that a type of wide receiver we haven't had since Andre. Really, like DeAndre really wasn't a 50-50 guy, even though he has the highlight real catches. I guess technically he was because um, he had all the outside number throws and things of that nature. But 
when I think of like a contested catcher, I think of Andre Johnson. Like that guy goes up and just grabs the ball with his physical dominance and brings it down. And uh, Nico Collins to me is that. So it's really exciting as when you look at the potential of Nico Collins, uh, you just got to find a quarterback to pair him with. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nico, he's a side speed freak. Um, he potentially could be a very, very good receiver. I mean, didn't he also take last year off completely with COVID? He completely opted out. So between the mess in Michigan, not playing, like, yeah, he should be, he should be the still. Next guy up, um, the Texans seem to think this guy is the still, the no-brainer, Mr. Brevin Jordan. You got thoughts on him? I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, it can't hurt to add another tight end to a position group that's been largely underwhelming for this team for in at least most of the Deshaun Watson era. Uh, he was really high on boards early in the draft process. So we, we got him in the fifth round, correct? Yeah. I mean, felt like a no brainer, great value pick. Uh, not necessarily the team's biggest need by any means, but I think when people say, like, hey, let's take guys who have the chances to take that step to the next level and give us like, okay, here's a real piece we can build around. Uh, Breathing Jordan's one of those guys that could do that. I think. Yeah. I think with when, when it comes to Brevin Jordan, uh, depending on which draft, you know, analyst you follow, he was either second or third tight end um, behind Kyle Pitts. So when you're able to grab a player like that in the fifth round, um, you know, tight end, John, we talk about this all the time. It's like we've been talking about it for almost five years, I feel like, is tight end is the position that um, it takes the longest to develop on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, that's one of those positions where you have a lot of different responsibilities um, and it's just it's a slower pace development. And so, you know, we likely won't see that this year. But that's the kind of guy that you do take a chance on in the fifth round and you're building specifically, you're drafting him specifically for his potential and upside and you just hope that he can deliver. Um, I, I think the writing's on the wall for Kahale, in my opinion. I think we're looking at it at a, of uh, Aikens, Brevin, and um, uh, why can't I, Farrow Brown. Um, I think that, that that's probably our, our tight end room unless Kahale, Kahale comes out and just, puts together an amazing camp. Yeah. And I mean, Brevin, especially as a fifth round pick, he may stub his toe and be an injury stash. Um, Cause he's actually a very similar to Jordan Akins. So that's one thing that kind of watch out for, like very, very similar type of tight end. Um, keep moving. Cause I would also like to start talking about the schedule. Uh, Garrett Wallow. Do we have any thoughts on him? No, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. No, I mean, add another linebacker to the room, right? If you have, I think Casario's, you know, philosophy is if you have 27 linebackers signed, you're going to feel the best linebacking group that you can. Um, so, you know, he, he was a captain. Uh, Ross Blacklocks spoke extremely highly of him, said he was the leader of the defense at TCU. Um, so, I don't. I don't hate the pick. I think he could have went somewhere else, but it looks like BPA was really the philosophy here as far as their draft board. So they addressed what they thought, and uh, yeah, I don't know whoever on the bingo card had them drafting a linebacker after signing so many. Um, you, you deserve to take a shot because I don't think anybody had linebacker as a position that would have been drafted after the free agent signings. Yeah, the only thing I think fun is fun about him is he's a borderline safety. Um, I think he actually played safety at, at TC yep. when he first came in. Um, so he's got speed. He can come in that coverage tight end that, you know, we've never had every year we get our hopes up. Uh, Dylan Cole was pretty close, but couldn't stay healthy, but we've never had a coverage tight end or a coverage linebacker. Uh, John, you want to talk about Garrett at all before we move on? I was just saying, we considered that maybe in uh lovey Smith's year off, he developed a new 11 linebacker scheme. It can happen. I mean, uh, no, I mean, it's, it's just, Probably their best player available. It can't hurt to add another guy to the room. Uh, if he's a good player, that's fine. If he's not, it was – I mean, it's day three. It's it's a crapshoot. The team can take who they want. Uh, I'm not going to be upset about it. So, hopefully he's a good player. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, last guy is Ryan Lopez. You mean, you mean Roy? Roy? Roy Lopez. Yeah, right? Oh, sorry. 
Uh, is it? Sure. Isn't it, uh, is it? Texans Wire. Texans Wire has it as Ryan. That's what I get for using somebody else's cheat sheet. I'm pretty uh, sure it's Roy Lopez. I'll start right here. Ryan Roy. Roy. Either way, I apologize yeah, to him. Is it Roy? Sixth yeah. round defensive tackle. You I mean, see, maybe he'll be a nice be at USA today. Yeah, I think. Yeah, John's right. Like sixth round in a defensive in the in a draft where the defensive tackle position was not a highly coveted position, uh, not a position that most draft analysts and and GMs around the league had a lot of confidence in. Uh, after the first round, it was pretty much a pretty significant drop off. You're going to find a couple gems, but there wasn't a ton of defensive tackles that were really highly touted uh, coming into this draft. Took a chance on on a guy who. Uh, looks like he has a pretty strong work ethic. Uh, his coaches speak highly of him at Arizona. I don't know a situation where the coaches don't ever speak highly of their players, though, so I don't know why a lot of people put stock into that, but that's fine. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Just kind of take take a guy at a position of need. Must have been BPA again, and and just hope that he can stick around and turn into a, a rotational defensive tackle for you. It is, in fact, Roy Lopez. This is not on me. This is on USA Today. I should have trusted my gut, but I, I didn't trust myself, so I looked up a cheat sheet, and there you go, USA Today. If any of y'all are on Google right now, they're going to call him Ryan Lopez. I actually didn't mess up. I'm the one that always messes up names, and I didn't do it. I just said it. So I'll let Mark know that uh, he messed that one up. You know? All right. So what we've got about 20 minutes left, and I really want to have fun with this because we have no clue. We have no clue what the team's going to look like. Uh, but the schedule did come out. Uh, we got 17 games this year, and we are favored in exactly zero of them. First off, is that fair? Do you think that we really can go 0-17 before we go into the individual games? I don't anticipate that it stays that way. I'm looking at the schedule. We're not going to win zero games. Like, Is this going to be a great team? No. Is this going to be an 0-17 team? I also don't think so. It's so hard not to win any games in this league. Like between injuries, bad luck. I mean, sometimes you play good teams coming off a big win and they just don't care. I mean, we also we get the Jets at home. Uh, we're going to get Jacksonville. Who knows how they'll be? I mean, we should win some games, but for right now, with all the uncertainty, I can understand why we're underdogs. Um, I, I, the one game that we should be favored in, uh, just based on like history, uh, should be the opening game against the Jags, uh, rookie quarterback, right. In a, on a team that isn't really, it, it's not like they have a bunch of talent at every position specifically on offense. Um, so, you know, I think that's the one game that sh we should be favored in at least, um, outside of that, you know, there's not a lot of potential here you know i think the cardinals is a game that we could steal i don't think they're going to be very good um jets jags again and you know maybe a titans game but you know overall I, you know i'm not too optimistic when it comes to the record of this team but at the end of the day that that, that really can all change i mean who knows right nobody for the chargers thought justin herbert was going to light up the freaking league right so, um, you know, things like that happen. Maybe it happens to us. Maybe it doesn't. But if it does, then everything kind of changes, right? Um, so it all just kind of depends. I, I do think the defense will be a lot better, which is really the biggest thing I'm looking for is, is, is this defense to be better. They should be better coached. That was another thing that Coley talked about in his, season, in his uh, call with the season ticket holders was um, he talked a lot about his coaching staff and coaching up players and and things things of that nature. I don't think that we've had a lot of talk about that in the Bill O'Brien era of coaching up and developing. Um, just to go back to John's point, John Crumpler's point about his favorites, he had his guys right. So there was didn't seem to be like a high priority of developing and coaching players. And as we all know, specifically with the offensive line, when Mike Devlin is the position coach, there's just no reason to be optimistic, right? But this is a whole new coaching staff. It seems like they're pretty hands-on when it comes to the coaching um, and developing of the players. Uh, I'm excited to see what Pep can do. I, I think Pep is obviously the one that everybody's tied to, everybody's excited about. I think that's probably the reason why more people are excited about the Davis Mills 
uh, selection is just because Pep Hamilton is here. Um, and he spent time with them at Stanford and, and things of that nature. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any reason to be truly optimistic about the schedule, which I think what coming into this year, we were supposed to be excited about the schedule, right? Cause it was supposed to be fa- like, it was supposed to be an easier schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Where do you think All right. Well, let's get, well, let's get oh. into it uh, real quick. Um, I'm going to ask it a little bit different. I want you to tell me if you think we'll win with Tyrod or if we will win with Mills or what you think is going to happen with either or quarterbacks. Make sense? Yeah, I guess. So I don't I'm, like with doing both. that early. With both. Can we, can uh, we get through Jets. training camp first? Get through training camp first? I mean, this is, this is, this is news. It came out this right, week. All right, all right, People all right, are interested. All right. All right. It was our highest listened to show last year, believe it or not. Hmm. Even more so than the draft. Um, let's see. Jaguars and Texans, that's week one. So how do y'all think we do with Mills? How do you think we do if it's Tyrod? They have Trevor Lawrence, and we don't. I, James, I know you said you think we should be favorites. I do not think we should be favorites against Jacksonville. Or, I mean, maybe I'll be totally wrong on this, but I think Urban Meyer is a more proven commodity as a head coach than David Cole. We just up for debate. Neither of them have been NFL head coaches, but I think there's a reason that for all these years, NFL teams have wanted to get Urban Meyer, who I'd say without question, one of the best college head coaches of all time. And suddenly they have the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. And if we remember, Luck took a – Terrible Colts team. I think they won 11 games his rookie year. And, I mean, we, we felt the same way with Deshaun. When you have the best quarterback on the field, you feel like that game is yours to win. And right now, looking at it, whether it's Tyrod playing it safe or Davis Mills maybe pushing the ball downfield with more turnovers, I think I'd like Jacksonville in that game. Um, so the reason why I think the first game, and, and it's really all opposite of the points that you just said. So Ur- Urban Meyer, um, never been an NFL coach. This is his first NFL game. I think there's going to be a lot of things that he has to learn. I think there's going to be lots of different things that are happening on the field that are a little different than what he's used to in the college game. Um, I'm, I, I do think Trevor Lawrence is a, is going to be a good quarterback, but I don't think he'll ever be a good quarterback with Jacksonville. I don't ever, tr- I don't trust the foundational. I don't trust the upper management of Jacksonville to make the right decisions um, I, I don't think that he's the saving grace that people think he is. I, I could see the Jacksonville Jaguars in four to five years being the same team that they were last year. Um, and I also think that he's going to learn too. He's gonna, it's his first NFL game and he's coming from an offense that was a half field read offense to a pro style offense where he's got to read the entire field. Um, and I just think it's going to be a lot for him to take in. And I think Tyrod can somewhat man the ship enough for us to be able to finagle a win in Jacksonville. So I just think that there's too many new components in Jacksonville for them to have it all together enough to be able to pull off a W in their first week. If Mills is starting, do you still think we, we win? I don't know. It's a third-round rookie quarterback. I don't know if anybody could could say that they would win or not win. I Likelihood, I'd say no, we wouldn't win. All right. Next one up is the uh, Texans and the Browns. I think we could demolish in this game. I'd take Cleveland by three touchdowns. Yeah, I think I think Cleveland's poised to make us take a massive step forward this year. They had a solid draft. All right, Panthers and the Texans. I think Panthers win by two touchdowns. I think it could be closer than that. What's all going to be about for the Panthers? Who is Sam Darnold with under new management? Uh, he's still prone to, I mean, even if Sam Donald, they get the most out of him, he takes his chances. I think if our defense does take that step forward, like, uh, like you're saying, and we go from the 31st best unit to maybe 18th or 19th, uh, we could force some turnovers and stay in that game. But yeah, I'd take Carolina by touchdown. I think that the narrative this year is going to change for Sam Darnold. I think Joe Brady is going to unlock a part of his brain that was not tapped into at all in New York. Um, and I think Joe Brady, I think Joe Brady's case for head coaching candidacy is uh, if you're buying, if the, if any, if any OC was GameStop stock right now, I would put all of my money on Joe Brady because he has the story basically already written 
And all he has to do now is just follow the blueprint. And Darnold coming into the league had the talent. He had everything that you wanted in a quarterback. He was highly touted, uh, coached by Jordan Palmer. Um, and his rookie year wasn't as bad as what people like it to like, like when they look at it and they talk about it, it wasn't as bad as what they say. You know, he had no talent whatsoever. This guy has never had any talent on any of his teams. No offensive line, no wide receivers. Ryan Griffin was his best talent over the last three. Okay, obviously not. But, but you know, Jamison Crowder, right? But um, I think I think Darnold and the Brady narrative, I think it's going to be a very interesting one. Carolina has a very good defense. I think, I think that team's going to be a, a, a team that surprises quite a bit of people. Uh, Texans Bills. Bills demolish us from the get go. Bills by a lot. <laughs> Patriots and the Texans. Um, I, you know, this is a game that I could see us possibly winning. Um, Cam wasn't Cam. You know, I don't know if Cam can be Cam again. History tells us that he can't be Cam again. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Mac Jones. And, um, that I mean, they did get all their defensive guys back that were COVID opt-outs last year, smartly by Bill Belichick to have them, all his star defensive players, opt out in a season where he knew he wasn't going to be competitive and not add any mileage to his guys. So I think that defense will be pretty good, but I think this is one that we could potentially win. Okay. Does it matter who's starting, uh, Mills or Taylor? Uh, what week is this, four? Five. This is week five. Okay, so I would say Mills is probably starting by this point. I would agree with that. And I also think for New England, I think this will be Mac Jones by the time we see them. I don't. I think Mac Jones was the quarterback in this draft that has the least argument that you need to sit him for time. I think he's there to try to prove Bill Belichick's a genius, just don't make mistakes and make the throws, which Cam had a really hard time uh, doing last year. Uh, if he – if we had any ability to generate pressure, which maybe we'll be, we'll be better at that this year, I don't think our defensive line can crowd that pocket against Jones. I would, I would take New England. And their defense should be much improved with the opt-outs coming back too, which is going to give so us – So I'm sorry. So you're saying that New England's going to win or we're going to win? Oh, I'll take, I'll take the Patriots. You're going to take the Patriots? Okay. All right. Next one up is the Texans and the Colts. I think Indianapolis is going to be very, very good this year. I'm a, I don't know how you guys feel about Carson Wentz. I think I'm a Wentz believer. I think he can right the ship there, or at least the, the ship of his career, and take some more chances than Phillip Rivers did, kind of open up a new dimension to that offense. At the worst case, their defense is nasty, and they can keep the ball away if Jonathan Taylor all game. I'll take the Colts. I think the Colts have the best roster in the NFL outside of the Chiefs. And um, the only issue is we don't know what we're going to get out of the quarterback position. Frank Reich was able to work some magic with Wentz in Philly. You have to hope that um, he can do it again. I mean, I guess as a Texan fan, you're not hoping for him to to hit with Wentz. But the <laughs> one thing that, that Ballard has done is he's built a tremendous roster from top to bottom. In every single position, there are young potential rising stars, it seems. Uh, Eberflus is uh, the uh, maybe the best defensive coordinator in the game um, as of right now. And I think they have a lot going for them. You know, it, it's funny because I just talked about Joe Brady and Sam Darnold. Typically in the NFL, there's only one story like that. And I don't know if we'll have two teams that are able to resurrect a quarterback's career. And I think Carson Wentz has some injury stuff. I, I, we've seen it in years past. I don't know if he can be healthy for all 17 games. Um, and if I had to put my money on one of the quarterbacks to be resurged and resurrected, I would put it on Darnold only because of Brady. So I'm going to have to say that the Colts beat us, but I don't think the Colts end up having the year that they should have, and it'll all come down to Carson Wentz. Okay. Uh, next week – or the following week will be the Texans and the Cardinals. You know, the Texans West. We skip this one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I think Arizona is going to be held back by their coaching this year. I do not like Cliff Kingsbury. I think they've got the quarterback. I think they've finally added some, some really nice talent to their defense. Uh, but they, I mean, Texans West, they kind of remind me of us maybe two years, very top heavy on stars. 
and the, the coaching is a big question mark. Uh, this this is a game we could steal, but based on quarterback play and what they've done with their defense, I'd still take Arizona. Yeah, I don't know. I'm right there. I hate Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's an overrated coach. This guy's been jump. He's jumped around from colleges to college to college. Never had any success. Um, his cool mantra is Ryan Gosling attitude and persona. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it is meant to lead an NFL locker room. Uh, I think everything J.J. Watt hated about the Texans over the last five, six, seven years, however long Bill O'Brien was here, he's going to get a very, very large sample size of that as well he, here in Arizona. Um, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if Cliff Kingsbury is fired at the end of the season. I think he's a trash coach. I don't know if they found their quarterback. I think uh, Kyler has potential. I think he's shown it. I think Cliff has held him back a little bit. I think with the right coach, he could potentially be. Uh, he definitely has the talent, definitely has the potential. Um, I could see us winning this game, though. Okay. And then next one up is the Rams. Blowout. Massive. This might be the worst loss of the season. Who did the Rams play the week before us? I have no clue. Ooh. I mean, I'm still going to take the Rams, but I'm curious because that feels like – I mean, they're so much better than that. They're, they're going to be more well-coached, Matthew Stafford, more talent on both sides of the ball. But maybe that's a game where they have to travel to Houston and we catch them a little – They play the Lions. Oh, uh, I mean – Off of a Matthew Stafford revenge game? Wow. <laughs> he, he's just coming down from that high, even though he's coming home to Houston – or to Texas. He's from Dallas, so – I'll I'll take the Rams. Yeah, the I Rams. think I think I think the Rams should be NFC S, uh, Super Bowl and like they should be number one on the MV, on the Super Bowl odds for the NFC in my opinion. I think Stafford puts them way way over the top. Uh, the next week will be at the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will beat us, but I don't think it'll be by much. I think they have a down season. I think they come down to earth a little bit. I think Tua can just be eh, and. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not there. I, I it's all on Tua's shoulders, and um, this could be one of those games where we end up winning. They have a very good defense. They have a very good coach, uh, but that offense is somewhat anemic, and um, I don't think Tua's the guy. I think we could win that game. I will say I think their offense is going to look a lot different this year, though. I mean, their three wide receiver sets is going to be Parker, Waddle, and Will Fuller. Like that is so much speed, and if Tua can just I mean, that was to his big thing coming out of college is he can he can hit people in stride and make all the throws, and he's a great decision maker. Uh, I'd, I'd take Miami. They're so well coached. Um, their roster is, like, obviously coming up. I don't think they're as good as their record might have suggested from last year, but they're also poised to improve off of last year. I yeah, and I, I also think with Miami, I just want to wait a year before I, I truly crown them this up-and-coming team that we – we think they are because history has shown that you know, God Jacksonville in 2017. I mean, there's tons of teams that come out of nowhere one season and then come back down to earth completely. They didn't have that kind of year, but I want to see them do it for another season for me to really feel confident in, in the capabilities of, of the Miami dolphins, both on defense and offense. Um, that's the only reason I think we have a chance is because I, I just, I don't know if they can really be that team um, that people think they are. All Just right. based on them sucking for the last 15 years. Fair enough. The next one's up is the Titans. And we do get close. a bye week before the Titans. This is a right four bye. I think it's close. We stopped the run. I think we can learn to stop the run. Um, probably a loss, though. I think we could steal this one. They, they okay. played. Uh, it looks like they're, they played the Saints the week beforehand. Uh, we always play Tennessee very, very closely, like closer than it should be. Or, I mean, before this year, we were blowing them out once a year, which was great. Uh, Watson kind of owned them. But, you know what, I will i don't think I've given us a win yet on the schedule. Uh, I'll, I'll give us uh, the week 11 win over Tennessee. Okay. Let's see. Next one up is the Jets. I think uh, I think we can beat the Jets. Uh, I, I don't buy Zach Wilson. I know a lot of people like Robert Sala. Um, I was never really high on Sala. Um, 
but I, I do think that they'll be better. Um, but I don't think Zach Wilson is the answer. I think he has a very similar uh, career as Sam Darnold. I mean, hidden behind the the Sam Darnold or Zach Wilson noise also is that the, the Jets are equally, if not more, talent deficient than us. Like they Correct. they need a lot of help, and it wasn't just the offense. Like their defense is. Bad. Like they need, I, I don't know if they have the players to stop even our offensive cast. And if we're, I mean, against a rookie quarterback, especially, I don't love Zach Wilson either. I think we could win this one. All right. Next one up is the Colts again. <laughs> I think we, I think we get swept by the Colts this year. I would agree that we are not in a position to compete with Indianapolis in 2021. They're, they're off. Too good. That defense is just too good. I just can't see that defense. Uh, I can't see this offense scoring on that defense and uh, enough to actually win a game. Uh, what about the Seahawks? Kind of a toss up. I don't know. I mean, they had a down year last year. They did nothing to address the offensive line. Like again, for year number eight, you know, uh, I, you, we could win this game. We could lose this game. I think it's a toss up, honestly. Didn't they add a guard from uh from the Raiders fire sale? If I remember, yeah, that? Gabe Jackson. Okay, uh, I I take Seattle. I mean, when in doubt, Russell Wilson. And I mean, Seattle. They've had a problem getting over the hump since I mean, since they were making Super Bowls, especially since the the the, uh, the identity of the team has shifted to a Russell Wilson centered. Uh, Yes, that's what the Seahawks are about now. But they beat the teams that they're supposed to consistently every year. I would take the Seahawks. Okay. After the Seahawks, we got the Jaguars again. I think we lose that game. I think I think they'll be better. I think that they'll they'll have they'll be they'll be humming. Um I don't think they'll be great by any means. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like the Texans and Jags are, you know, it's one two pick. Um but I think they'll be better. I mean, I took them in week one, so I kind of have to take them in week 15. <laughs> that's, uh, that's three months of experience for Trevor Lawrence. Hopefully Urban isn't playing Travis Etienne at wide receiver by that point. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll take the Jags. All right, and the next one up is the Chargers. I think we lose that game. I don't think it'll be as handedly as people expect, but um, I think we lose that game. I think it could be worse than people expect. That team has had terrible luck with injuries. They should be a better coached team this year. Uh, Herbert, I think we all think he'll take the next step forward coming off a huge rookie year. Uh, I'll take the Chargers by probably two touchdowns. Fair enough. Uh, the one after that is the uh, Niners. Do we have any chance? Nope. No. No shot. And then we finish it off with the Titans again. Think I the rest mean, of their maybe, starters and we sneak one out? Yeah, maybe that's like the only scenario I really see is that, you know, they either clinch the division or clinch the playoff berth. I was going to argue the opposite that I think Tennessee might be more of a, a wild card team this year, and this game could have uh, serious playoff implications for them. So I could see us having nothing to play for other than where are we going to pick in the top five and Tennessee needing a win to clinch a wild card or possibly the division and just beating the tar out of us in week 18. Fair enough. So y'all both got us anywhere from four to five wins <laughs> with an additional four maybes. So there was more maybes than I thought there would be. But, you know, four to five wins. There we go. Looking at the number one pick. All right, we are – With four to five wins, wins, you think we get the number one pick? I don't think so. Well, if we get five wins, no, we don't get the number one pick. But I, I think if we get four wins, we don't get the number one pick. I'm just trying to think who will be worse than us. This, it sounds like you think Jacksonville could be really bad. I do. 
What do you think about Cincinnati? I think they can go maybe win six games. I think the Jets will be vying for maybe two games. Um, Lions could be another two or three game win team. I forgot about them. Uh, Raiders could could easily they could just have a total John Gruden meltdown and just be an awful team. Uh, they they don't have a lot of talent. Um, who else? I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona has a, like that bad of a year. I really wouldn't. They have a lot of talent though, so that's the only that's the only thing holding me back is they have talent all over the place. But, um, but I I I don't know who else could there be? Um, Pittsburgh. No, Pittsburgh I, really? No, they're too well coached year in and year out to be that. I mean, Pittsburgh having a they're going to be the eight and eight maybe if everything yeah. goes for the Steelers. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I don't they're think gonna, Ben's in it. They're going to be bad. Uh, Bengals, maybe. Let's see. Definitely. The Raiders have a strong possibility for falling off the cliff. I definitely yep. could see that. Lions. I mean, Jared Goff. Jared Goff's not the answer. It's almost like you trade for him to lose games. Also, that head coach they hired, uh, Dan Campbell. I Yeah, he's no work at all. He's, he's a knucklehead. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, biting kneecaps? Is that what he talked about? Yeah. yeah. Bite off their kneecaps. Well, we haven't talked about the Eagles either. They had a good draft, though. Eagles are another team that could They're bad. easily they could easily fall off a cliff. Yeah. Um, They're old. Washington? Washington has some talent. They no, some they do. Talent. They do. They, feel they don't like- have a quarterback, but they have some talent. Like 2014 to 2016, Houston Giants. Like our defense was so good. Giants, I don't see them being like comparing or competing for the top pick. Like they're not going to be, they're going to have six or seven wins somehow. I think they'll be in our range of wins. Are you a Daniel Jones believer? I'm, I'm not. No, not at all. No. Their defense just should be improved. Like that was what if Green Bay trades Aaron Rodgers? They still have enough talent. Well, but if you don't have a quarterback, Jordan Love Jordan Love backup job last correct. Year. That's I what think, I'm saying. I think he's a bust. And like, I mean, everything that they've done suggests that they whiffed on the pick. Because I mean, if there was this much noise and Jordan Love was who you thought he was when you take when you trade up to get him in the first round. I think you say, okay, we'll go get two first round picks and a defensive starter for Aaron Rodgers because, like, this dude's ready compared to letting him embarrass the team on draft night and then seemingly hold them hostage right now to fire their general manager. So I, I think Green Bay would be pretty bad if Love was under center. I agree. All right. Fair enough. Well, is there anything else I want to touch on? That's it for me. I think we covered it. All right. Well, John, definitely thank you so much for showing up. Um, There's obviously something going on out there. Um, We have zero people on YouTube right now. Um, The other services, we got a couple of listeners, or we got a couple of viewers, but I think Houston's getting absolutely rocked by a storm. So usually this is where I say thank you to chat, but I think at this point, it's just, I hope y'all are all staying safe. Uh, James, you got anything you want to add before we sign off? No, that's it. Guys, stay safe out there. Obviously, the floods are going to be pretty bad. John, where are you at? I'm in Atlanta. Uh, I'm in med school here. So, okay. Uh, Yeah. Well, just stay safe, Houston. Uh, All Texans Unfiltered listeners, we appreciate you guys. And John will catch you next week. Later.